0: Good Thursday morning, and thanks so much for taking the time to join us today. Another cool start to the day, and it's actually going to stay that way for a couple of days. As we get closer to the weekend, mild temperatures come back, but you might need to plug in tonight. It's dipping down to minus cold <laughs> with the wind chill, by the way. Well, when we think about the challenges that fall into many of the major urban centers in our province. So a lot of them are very similar. People are talking about, you know, worried about increased taxes and how that affects affordability. One of the other big things that the, the cities, especially Saskatoon and Regina are always struggling with is how do they handle what is their role when it comes to complex social needs in the community? We've seen this play out in both cities, the, the, these pop-up tent encampments which have happened in both Regina and Saskatoon and in many ways the cities have tried to number 1 support people that find themselves living in a tent as best they can but swiftly look for an alternative because tent encampments are good for no one we've talked about that that's not a healthy it's not a safe way to live some people will advocate that that's a better alternative than than lots in fact i've heard people say that tent encampments are better than some shelters because of the poor shape or the lack of, of supports and services that are actually in a shelter. Well, Saskatoon is going through another one of these discussions Right now, and we're going to have a quick chat with one of our city councilors in Saskatoon, and then we're going to open up the phone lines for you because I'd like to get you involved and and hear your thoughts on this. So Saskatoon is looking for a site for its newest emergency shelter. They've chosen an old fire hall in Sutherland that's no longer being used, but people in the community are concerned with the shelter coming to the community given its proximity to a school. Bishop Billavich School is very close, like a hundred meters away. And there have been a lot of people that have been voicing their concerns, residents, business owners. Someone who's been very involved in this conversation and is looking after people in the neighborhood is City Councilor Darren Hill, who joins me by phone this morning. Councilor, thanks so much for taking our call. Good morning. Thanks for having me on. So there were actually two city consultations that were scheduled, one on Tuesday and one was supposed to be today for this week, but they were canceled. Do we know what happened?
1: My understanding is that they were working with the provincial government and the service provider, who's called Mustard Seed, just to get all the details of the operation so that our, our police and fire services could then formulate what the community safety plan would be above and beyond the operational plan. And they only got that information last Wednesday, so it was just a little bit too tight to have those community meetings so quick
0: it it you know it's to me as an outsider i don't know anything about mustard seed they run their company that is being contracted to run this shelter they do run shelters in other provinces but when we see that someone reached out to the ceo and the response we get back is no comment like i i feel counselor it would be better if we heard Here's what we're working on. We don't quite have the information together. Let's look at maybe in the next week or two, we'll be in a better position. What, like, why are we? Why don't we hear something like that?
1: I, I agree with you, Evan. Uh, the communications were not uh, stellar in terms of what came out from from the city in terms of canceling those meetings. I had the opportunity to meet with Mustard Seed last Wednesday and talk about their operations. So. I'm familiar with what their plans are, but that hasn't been relayed to the public yet, and that's unfortunate. We should have had all this in place before we even announced that location.
0: So on that note, I know that you had heard from so many residents in the Sutherland area that you decided to have your own consultation and sit-down session. You did it on Sunday, uh, held it in the gym. I saw a couple of pictures. It was absolutely packed, standing room only. What did you hear in that discussion, Counselor?
1: Well, I heard from many, many, many residents of Saskatoon, and there was a lot of conversations about the the need for this vital community infrastructure. Like We are so short of shelter beds for homeless, desperately short here. But we also heard that there's concern about the location, close proximity to the elementary school as well as single family residential on two sides of the, the proposed shelter. High-density residential on the other side, and the fourth side is a heavily programmed 2 hockey rink, ACT arena. And the concern is that this is just not the most strategic location for the shelter. Nobody at once, through the conversation, suggested the shelter shouldn't exist. Everybody identified the need for it, just not the proper location for it.
0: So, you know, I, I watched the discussion unfold on the Fairhaven location. In fact, I've had discussions with Councillor Curtin on that one before. It, it it almost appears to me like we're maybe not learning from our mistakes and history is being repeated here. Do you agree or do you see this different?
1: I agree. I, I believe the city has failed the, the residents of Fairhaven. And I, I I've toured the the wellness center of Fairhaven and I I commend the staff there. I see nothing but dedication and commitment to the the users of that shelter. And it's not for me to talk about the operations inside the shelter. It's what happens in the community around the perimeter of that shelter and in the entire community that we need to address. Crime in my in my understanding has gone up by 1,100 percent since the shelter was introduced in that neighborhood. That's unacceptable. We need to be coming up with a strategy to address that before we open another shelter in another residential neighbourhood.
0: City Councillor Darren Hill from Saskatoon City Council is my guest, and I completely agree with you, Councillor. It's, it's saying nothing bad at all about the people that are working in these emergency shelters. We saw it here in Regina as well. Uh, Regina Treaty Status Indian Services, Ritzis. Uh, stepped up and ran the emergency shelter that we had going for the better part of a year and did incredible work on, a, I would say, in a job and in an area that is almost impossible to be successful because the amount of money that you need, the supports that you need, the training for staff, um, it is a very, very challenging environment to work in. So the people that work in there are doing well. We fall down, though. On consultation, because no different than Saskatoon, when we stood up an emergency shelter in Regina, um, we ended up having a town hall where I sat in as chief of police. The mayor was there, and we met with business owners who were talking about the challenges that they saw with people needles being left on their loading docks and uh, people bothering customers. Is is the business community in Sutherland equally as concerned as the residents about the effects of this?
1: Yeah, they most certainly are. I've heard from numerous, uh, business owners in Sutherland. There's a business improvement district in Sutherland as well, too, that I used to sit on the board of directors for, and they have expressed a great concern. The, the problem with this location in Sutherland as well is that there are no immediate services or programs in the area. So that, that creates issues in terms of what's going to happen during the course of the day, um, when, when the residents and the users of the shelter don't have programming or services to to support them during the day. So it the question is really is this the right location being that far away separated from services and programs as well. You were talking about consultation in Regina and I'd, and I'd like to turn our attention to Red Deer who in late 2022 actually held extensive stakeholder engagement with businesses, residents, service providers, program providers, NGOs and this was coordinated by the city and the provincial government of Alberta and they talk to the homeless people as well to determine a strategy on how to move forward, where to locate shelters. We haven't done any of that.
0: Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, that's kind of the difference between community consultation and a community information session. Very different things. There you go. <laughs> Very different. Yep. City Councillor Darren Hill is is my guest today. We're talking about the proposed emergency shelter. I guess I shouldn't say proposed. I mean, it's it's going ahead, is it not? There's a couple of steps that have to happen at council, though, first. Uh,
1: that's correct. It was supposed to come to the February 28th council meeting. It's now... I believe being moved to the March council meeting and there are going to be three votes that council has to make determinations on two of them are regular agenda items. So if citizens want to address council on this, they have to request from city clerks to speak to those items. One of them is the operating length of the shelter up to 18 months. The other is to lease it to the province for below market value. The third agenda item is a public hearing and anybody can be present for that to speak. They don't need to request from council uh, from clerks to speak. They can just speak at the public hearing. And that hearing is to change the designation from municipal reserve land, meaning city-owned, zoned land, to uh, a zoning that they can operate the shelter in.
0: Councillor Hill, I'm wondering, is, is one of the problems when it comes to emergency shelters, I, I think we can say it for this location in Sutherland, the one in Fairhaven, the one I'm thinking of in Regina, is it that Instead of looking for the perfect location, they look for an easy fit of an vacant building that would be able to be used for this work. Is that part of the problem?
1: Uh, no, actually I think that's a fair fair assessment. I and without having the conversations about proper solutions and how to create long term solutions that are viable and provide wraparound supports and programs for the users of the shelters, we continue to do this. We continue to look for vacant, empty shelves of buildings to I would use the phrase warehouse people, unfortunately. We need to have a better long-term strategy and something that's going to have wraparound supports and programs for the users, so that they can transition to, to independent living and housing and skill development and counseling. We don't get that when we simply open up a vacant building and put in beds.
0: City Councillor Darren Hill is my guest. I've only got a couple of minutes left with you, Councillor. And then I'm actually opening up the phone lines and we'll... Uh, We'll have a discussion with uh, people that want to call in and weigh in on basically what needs to be considered when choosing a community emergency shelter location. And that's exactly what we're talking about. You mentioned you met with Mustard Seed last week. They're the company that's being contracted to run the shelter. They've got a good track record of doing this work outside of Saskatchewan. Does that bring you some comfort or or how are you feeling about their ability to come in and, and run this shelter?
1: It does. It does bring me a bit of comfort after having met with them, but I wish that I would have been able to have had that that meeting publicly and had all all of the residents that were at my community meeting present to hear that comfort. And just really quickly, I need to interject that I encourage people to search Haven for Hope in San Antonio, Texas. It's a campus-style model um, of shelters where there's wraparound programs and services, and that's what we need to be looking at and moving towards it's it, it's a transformational campus and it's for families and individuals of programs and services and we don't have that here that's where we need to move towards
0: the the challenge is and i'm not trying to throw roadblocks in uh, counselor because i there i think there are a few great models in the united states that work when it comes to some of these complex social challenges the difference is though in many states and municipalities in the states They run social services differently. They run probation services differently. Many of them are funded through the municipality. And so this to me is where this gets a bit murky is when you have a city which has a very limited ability to tax people and has a wide array of things that they need to do trying to take on some of these almost unwieldy social issues that are going to be very complicated to solve.
1: You hit the nail right on the head. Emergency <laughs> shelters are not the responsibility of municipal governments, but we are stepping in to help because we see the need and see the demand. And we're, we're the boots on the ground immediately within our community. So we can provide that support, but they are the responsibility of the ministry of social services and, we have to work together that's the only way we're going to have the solutions
0: last question city councillor darren hill is my guest what you know in a nutshell what is the solution this whole nimbyism that people talk about not in my backyard right yes we need them but i just don't want it beside my house what's the solution
1: you know we introduced adult services bylaw in about 2011 i'm not sure if regina did it when you were uh, police chief mm-hmm. as well and one of those components was a simple separation distance of 160 meters from residential, elementary schools and playgrounds. I used to have a lot of adult services in, in my ward. I have not had a complaint since we introduced that bylaw. What the 160 separation meter separation distance does is it ensures that those services are still located within well lit streets for safety of the workers, still on great bus routes to transport there and back without impacting residential and elementary schools and playgrounds. That's something we should be looking at. We haven't been looking at that at all.
0: Councillor, thank you so much for your time this morning. I appreciate you starting this conversation.
1: Thank you for the opportunity. Have a great day.
0: Saskatoon City Councillor Darren Hill, and we're talking about the new emergency shelter that will be going into the old fire hall in Sutherland as long as it passes through council and everything, all the chips fall into place. I'm curious to know what you think. We are going to take a quick break, but when we come back, phone lines will be open and we'll talk right till 11 o'clock on this topic. 1-877-332-8255. What should be considered when choosing a community emergency shelter location? Your thoughts next on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. Just had Saskatoon City Councillor Darren Hill join us to talk about that new emergency shelter opening up in Sutherland. Wanted to throw it out to you, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. 332 8255 What needs to be considered when choosing a community emergency shelter location? And boom, phone lines lit up. We're going to start with Gail, and we'll move through our callers here. Gail, thanks for calling in. I understand you're calling from Fairhaven? I am. And how's the situation been there?
2: It's horrible. But I, I do want to say in putting it in Sutherland is a huge mistake, and we know. We know. We've seen it over the past over a year now, um, but let's let's go back a little bit and and say, in the past, they have always called these emergency shelters, and the one in Fairhaven was was basically an emergency shelter until they moved it here and recognized that their bylaw uh, says you cannot put a, an emergency shelter in a residential community with one and two unit dwellings. So now they had to change the name. So they call ours, this 106-bed emergency shelter, a special care home, so they were able to bypass their mm-hmm. own bylaw. And basically what we have seen is what Sutherland is going to see, a little bit on a lesser scale, but just the same. Um, what we have also seen, and now is happening, is that politicians, are. we've seen the emails and heard the comments, are saying that Our situation is a lot better now because they've got rid of complex needs. That is not the case. The only reason we're seeing less people in encampments, which is what's happening, they're seeing less people milling around because it's winter. It's cold. They can't sleep in tents. They're going to freeze to death. And so they're inside. We know, based on what we've seen, that they're going to be back and a lot of them in the spring.
0: There's no doubt that someone who lives in the area knows it better than most of us who don't deal with this on a daily basis. And that's why I wanted to grab Gail's call first. And so Gail talks about the fact that, Sometimes just changing the language of what you call them allows them to fit in the zoning, but doesn't mean they're a perfect fit for the area. I think I've only got time for one more call before we take a break, but we are talking about this till 11 o'clock, so lots of times for your calls and your thoughts. Jeff, in Saskatoon, what do you think?
3: Evan, the the biggest problem is about children and safety of children. The programming at ACT Arena next door, I'm sure that at least 80% of it is going to be child-based. And just the idea of one child picking up one needle, this it, it, its it's intolerable. It's absolutely crazy. Nobody's done their homework on this. ACT arena, you can't even measure it away in feet. It is the same piece of property. It does not belong there. It is about children and safety of children.
0: Jeff in Saskatoon brings up a good point you've got the uh, a c t arena on one side you've got the school Bishop Philich School, which is very close. I think someone said it's within a hundred meters or less than a hundred meters away, and so that's what has people up in arms and we i mean it's part of what has people up in arms about this, okay. I'm asking you not to leave me because I see the names. I've got Kevin, I've got Monica, Perry, Kathy. People are lined up to talk about this. We're going to take a quick break. We've got a news break here. When we come back, we're going to continue this discussion. We're asking the question, what should be considered when choosing a community emergency shelter location? I know this is going to be a good conversation, and we continue it next on 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. We're talking about the emergency shelter that is proposed and going up in Sutherland, going in the old fire hall there, and many people saying, look, you are just repeating the problem that we saw in Fairhaven now in Sutherland, and it has people up in arms. We had City Councillor Darren Hill in who's trying to find a meaningful solution through this. The calls and texts are non-stop. John from Saskatoon, shelters should be in industrial areas find a big empty warehouse fill it with a multi-pronged list of services and supports keep the shelters out of residential and regular commercial areas greta in regina says finland finland has some significant and meaningful progress when it comes to solving homelessness why aren't we looking at them as an example and a positive way forward instead of repeating these mistakes that we seem to be making here. All right, let's go to the phones. one 332 8255 I appreciate my list of phone callers have been hanging on here for a couple minutes. I'm going to start with Kevin in Saskatoon. What's your thought here when we're trying to consider a location for a community emergency shelter? Kevin.
4: Uh, good morning, Evan. It's Kevin Boychuk. I ran against Darren Hill in the last election, and this is one of my reasons. And the first, the first reason I'm considering to run again would be this. We have a lack of transparency with these in-camera meetings at City Hall. This was discussed in closed-door sessions without public uh, 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 disclosures, and and then all of a sudden it becomes a necessary mandate that they're going to be choosing this location and telling us basically that's where it's going to be. And then they want to have a public consultation. Uh, It's unfortunate that we have gotten to this day and age with council where they have these in-camera meetings to necessitate change through force. And, you know, as your last caller mentioned, you have the ACT arena. When these, when these people are put out on the street shortly after their night stay, the ACT is going to be the next warmest spot for them to go and spend their time. Now, are they going to be cited for trespassing there? No, they won't. It's a public space. Um, it's an absolutely abhorrent place. I mean, we have two public schools, public and Catholic school divisions. We had two Catholic school representatives at that meeting uh, just this week at, at uh, Bishop Falevage. Um I, I, I can't say enough about Saskatoon Minor Hockey, who has already written a strongly written letter uh, opposing the location uh, of this shelter. We need the same, and I haven't heard from the Catholic and public school divisions, and it might be a good idea to maybe phone them as well as mm-hmm. to get them on your show to get some feedback. Yep. The the absolute um, outpour of, of and, and I'm going to use the word uh, just utter resistance to have this in the area, the outfall of, of, you know, and it's nothing against the people that need this type of support or help, and I, I want to be clear on that. The location is not the location we need. Sutherland area, I've lived here since 1986. And, and I can tell you that we already have problems with, with vagrancy coming through this area, backpack, bikes, all that stuff through the back lanes because Sutherland has the back lane access, uh, people urinating in yards, people breaking into yards, garages. It's already here. Once you bring in 30 people like that, that are being discharged during the day and out into the community is going to bring nothing but havoc, especially to the elementary schools, the parks,
0: and the arena. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We uh one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Thanks, Kevin. I'm gonna move on. I've got tons of people. These phone lines are lighting up, so trying to move it along and, and get a bunch of different people to comment on this. Monica's been waiting in Saskatoon. Monica, thanks so much for calling in. What what do you think needs to be considered when choosing a community emergency shelter location?
5: Definitely not around children. Mm-hmm. I um I moved into Saskatoon in 2022, into I Live on Fairmont Drive. And that winter, that's when the homeless shelter came in. And I will tell you, it is night and day. Like, look at the problems that they we're having here. Why would you want to put that near children? And, you know, how many people have OD'd out on the street in our neighbourhood? Do you want that near our... Uh, a arena or a school where a young kid's going to see something terrible
0: like that. And and you know, a lot of people are concerned about, about some of the, uh, I mean, a lot of times people that are in need of an emergency shelter have complex needs. And so it's, yeah. it's some of the things that come with complex needs. And one of my first calls, Gail from uh, Gail, Fairhaven she talked about it. that.
5: He nailed it. Yes. She, she hit the no hit it right on the nose. Like I mean, like I, there's a bus shelter right outside of my apartment that I live in and there's always people in there and I feel bad for them but you know like if you walk by the the bus shelter sometimes there's human defecation there like in the bus shelter like there's garbage everywhere there's it, it's appalling why do we have to subject our young kids to stuff
0: like that one 332 8255 a lot of discussion focused on children and the exposure to children in the area i'm going to go to sheldon and regina next what are your thoughts on this sheldon
3: Sheld- uh sorry evan first of all uh great show um second of all uh i i can't believe that actually people are in favor of putting this stuff near schools near children
1: Anybody, any of these bureaucrats that are in favor of this need to be voted out. The uh, people like this is this is a brain dead issue. I'm sorry. Like people that think that this is okay, like uh, the crime, like people were saying about defecation, about needles, about ODs. Like
3: this is this is stupid. It's really stupid. Like uh, I just I can't say enough about it, Evan.
0: Well, you know, I think one of the things that, that is coming out through this conversation and uh, Sheldon is, is talking about safety for children. Lots of people are pointing at the ACT arena, which is just behind the fire hall, uh, schools in the area. It is it's it is possible because I I also know that, that there are people that are frustrated with the conversation we're having right now because people are down on their luck and they need help. It is possible to recognize the need the social needs of people in our community and be willing to help them while at the same time, recognize the complications that an emergency shelter, for example, brings to a community. It is possible. You don't have to pick sides. We can have this conversation. I used, I feel like I used to do this as chief of police all the time. I'm doing it now in the daily conversation that I have with you. It's, it's okay. Okay. You know, people right away are quick to hate and say, you know, you're being racist, you're being closed-minded, you're being... It is it is possible to say we want to help people, but we also want to recognize that there's complicated things that come with this topic of an emergency shelter. One eight seven All right, let's go to Kathy in Saskatoon. What's your thought on this, Kathy?
2: I don't think they should build it. Because it's close to schools and the children's and parks, and also um, we need we need shelters, but we also need are they going to stay in the shelters because and cause trouble? We need to we need places for them, but we also need they need help with mental health issues, and we need to get them off the streets and into affordable housing and raise welfare rates,
6: too.
0: one Perry from Osler, thanks for calling. You got a, a thought on this emergency shelter and, and maybe what we should consider when we're choosing a location?
3: Yes, um, I'm considering um, we have to start saying no to everything. You know, all I've been hearing is, well, the health care is in crisis. We want more. Um, the justice system is in crisis. We want more. And every time there's an emergency, we want more. And uh, it seems like the more we put in, the worse it gets. And I've watched this since the mid-1970s when they brought in a welfare program. We we gave people a way out. We, we should be teaching responsibility and consequences. And I I still have to pay my income taxes once a year. And um, I just see everything I pay for going up and up, but the problem's getting worse. So, in a way, that tells me, why am I paying this bill for justice? Why am I paying this bill for health care? When everything gets worse, usually I don't pay my bill anymore. And um, we're living, if we had to pay up all our bills instead of making federal debt, provincial debt, we had to pay up all our bills at the December 31st, wipe the account clean, we'd be running at 140% income tax rate. And this all started by giving money to these people. The drug trade, heck, they're all on welfare. And all you got to say is, I got beat up, somebody took my clothes, and you say that in the morning, and by night you got another welfare check.
0: That's another perspective of this, is the, the cost that it that it brings and we we talked about that earlier about where's the costs lie but you know I think Perry's point is whether it's citizens of Saskatoon, Regina, name the community you can't do it with municipal resources but then it falls on the shoulders of the province which you and I continue to pay taxes to as well and so you know the challenge is we need some sort of sustainable solution so that we're not just kind of history repeating itself in fact the problem grows thus the cost grows for you and I. One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. We'll go to Saskatoon. Ian is on the line. What's your thought on this issue, Ian?
6: Oh, thanks for the opportunity, Evan, to talk on this. Um, I'm just wondering if the city had done an impact study uh, as part of their criteria for mm-hmm. evaluating this uh, Central Avenue Hall Five location, and if so, what what it was or what it consisted of, and if not, why. Um, uh, many, there's been many, many good comments and valid, uh, uh, valid comments regarding the children in the school, which I totally agree with and very concerned about and the users of the ACT facility, but also the community as a whole, you know, there's better and viable solutions and why not learn from our mistakes or scenarios that have, do not work, uh, referring to the Fairhaven, uh situation there, the increase in crime, and uh, I would presume, that we, I don't know if anybody spoke of it, but devaluation of property and um, and basically demolishing uh, uh, a community that was
0: viable. You know, the, the notion of Ian's point is, what was done in terms of an impact assessment? Wow, bang on. That to me, and I think about, you know, when it, w- there was a time when we were looking at bringing in a safe consumption site into the city. The, the issue, the one that we were exploring fizzled. uh, But when I say we were exploring because we, the Regina police service at the time, were part of an impact assessment. What is the impact of doing this going to be on the community? I think far too often they're not, they're overlooked in terms of their importance or they maybe aren't done. And if they are, they're not maybe shared as widely as they could be. Okay, I've still got people, Darla, De'Ara, Paul, lined up here. Lisa, I know, just called in. I need to take another break. We're drawing short on time. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back, and we'll finish the conversation for today. This doesn't mean we're not going to talk about it again, but we'll be back with more of your thoughts next on 650-CKOM and 980-CJME. Well, as always, your thoughts, your calls are much appreciated on the topic we're talking about today, which is emergency shelters and the one that's going up in Sutherland. So earlier in the in the half hour we had Darren on the line and he was talking about the fact that that he was worried about in the morning when uh, the shelter opens its doors and kicks everyone out on the street. We've just received clarification. So this is a 24-hour shelter. So there isn't any mandatory in the morning everybody gets kicked out. It's a 24/7 shelter. So mean, people can come and go freely for sure. So they may spend the night and then in the daytime, leave the shelter and go out. But it isn't like a mass exodus that everyone has to be out by a certain time in the morning. So we just want to make sure we, we're providing factual information on that. All right, I want to go to Diera on the line from Saskatoon because you've got a, a topic here that you want to talk about. It was mentioned earlier, you're worried about property values. Yes. Um, I don't
5: think anybody wants to mention that all the time but that is a significant uh result of the shelter opening in our community we have lost uh a fair bit of property value in a market that's a buyer's market and um not not to mention the fact that the security measures that we've all had to put in place that cost us financially um that stuff you're not planning on and i feel like why are we not considering these things before we start to open another shelter? These think, things need to be addressed
0: I think those are these are points and, and Ian's point about an impact assessment to me is uh is bang on and and if there was one done here, I'm not saying that there wasn't, but if there was, did it take all of this into consideration? and this comes down to the talk about sometimes we try and find the perfect building because it's vacant and it's available as opposed to what does the community around the building look like? One eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. I'm going to try and squeeze in a couple more calls. Lisa in Saskatoon, what are your thoughts? Hi
7: hey there, Evan. Thanks a lot for taking my call. Um, I just want to start out by uh, reading something off of the Government of Canada website. Um, this is under the child. Uh, let's see, what is it? Rights of children. And I think after reading this, this should stop the shelter in its tracks. So it says, this principle places the best interests of children as the primary concern in making decisions that may affect them. All adults, including those who are involved in making decisions related to budgets, budgets, policy, and the law, should do what is best for children. When adults make decisions, they should think about how their decisions will affect children. This shelter is by no means in the best interest of the children. So instead of us properly stopping this, perhaps using the lighthouse as it's being as it was and is being used right now to house these people until we come up with a a proper plan. Instead of going down that way, that approach, we keep being told that, you know, we're going to keep everybody safe. We're going to put more police officers there. We're going to put ARO officers there. But the fact that they're acknowledging that they're putting more Mm -hmm. safety protections in place clearly indicates that they are intentionally putting children at harm.
0: It's It speaks to the challenge, definitely, that comes uh, with an emergency sh- shelter site, uh, with a special care home, whatever you want to call it. There are complex needs and thus complex problems. Ian, Darla, Paul, everyone else that's on the phone, I'm sorry that I'm not going to get to you. Our time is coming to an end on this, but we will revisit this topic again. It clearly is one that is important to the health and safety of residents in saskatoon on this issue but this could be your community if you're not in saskatoon for sure appreciate everyone weighing in right here on 980 cjme and 650 ckom